Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Let's stop worrying about the future. All we really have is today. We just have today over and over and over again. The eternal returns, the hero's journey, and Trump is on his hero's journey. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Kanye West earlier today. His elbows leaning in on the resolute desk of the Oval Office talking to President Trump. You know, there are some days where I really enjoy covering the news. Unlike, well, actually, most days I don't. But some days I really enjoy what I do, especially when I have a great guest. We're coming into the music of Lou Perez, but not the same Lou Perez we have on the phone. Now, on the phone we have Lou Perez... The head writer of We the Internet. He's also the bearded half of the comedy duo Greg and Lou. So, without further ado, Lou, how you doing this evening? Good. Thank you so much for that uh, for that intro. I, I'm not familiar with Lou Perez, the musician. So I, that that was that was cool. Felt like I uh, I was in touch with someone, like you know, maybe me in a in a different dimension or something like that, a parallel universe. But I was a musician. Yeah, I I didn't know of him until today. I I honestly just you know I know of your work. Obviously, and got to meet you at that conference in Atlanta, and you know, we the internet is when I first discovered you. But I was like, let's let's Google his name. Why not? And uh, Lou Perez, the composer, came up. It's, I like his music. It's kind of funky. Puts me in a good mood. Look at that. I know there's um there's another Lou Perez who I think is a like a professional wrestler. Yes. Um, yeah, so that would often come up like on the, uh, you know, if I Google myself and it'd be, be a constant reminder that I'm not a wrestler. <laughs> right. I, I wish I was. I've I've been on that kick lately. But yeah, Lou Perez was uh, a star in the NWA and WCW during the 80s. So, oh, in the, in the 80s? Wow. 80s and 90s. Um, so, I mean, that was a high watermark for wrestling but that was WWF that was Hulkamania brother and that wasn't really anyway you know last time I googled my name I think what came up was an MMA fighter Joey the Sandman Clark Joey the Sandman Clark look at that the Sandman that's a that's a great nickname that's pretty good and then when I Googled my best friend's name, uh, Troy, and I'm not going to give out his last name, it was a gay porn star. It's like, oh, that's. I believe that. I, I think most. I think most male names uh, could probably be like a gay porn star. There's definitely like. There's got to be a Lou Perez. Uh, you know, gay porn star Lou Perez. So oh, I'm, I just I'm... hope that he. I just hope he's good at it. You know, <laughs> right? I, you know, if, if somebody Google's my name and the first thing they come across is a gay porn star, I want him to be awesome. You know, so right. at least. You know, they might be surprised or taken aback, but at least, um, you know, the guy they're confused before is good in his trade. Exactly. I mean, I hope if anybody takes the name Joey Clark and starts to do gay porn, that you, your point is well taken. I, I want it to be impressive. Even if you're not into gay porn, you're like, wow, 
I, I might watch right. this a little longer. Yeah, like it's a, right. a lot of, uh, you know, you just like respect the person. You respect the person and the art. You know, like there's, like I don't understand jazz. Right. You know, I don't, I, you have to be, like they say there's the, there's a level where you can appreciate jazz, but then there's a level like of understanding that's just, you know, sort of, um, you know, out there. And I'm just, I'm not there. But, uh, hey, so-and-so is a, is a fantastic, you know, jazz pianist. That's awesome. I respect that. Right, Same right. thing, I guess, with whether the person's a, you know, top or a bottom. Hope they're good at it. Yeah, they're really making some shapes there. Yeah. Whether on the keyboard or in the, the bedroom. Um, so, Lou. You're yeah. uh, you're a libertarian in New York City, and you're a comedian. Yeah, I don't usually put all sure. this together, but I like it. I, I mean, I'm in all seriousness. Where did you kind of? Where does your uh, political persuasion come from? Where did that start? Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah. I wonder where where it did start. I I think I've always had a little bit of a anti-authority streak uh, going, you know, running through me, coursing through my veins when I was a kid. Uh, I always had a problem with like uh, like mall security, you know, like fake, you know, these fake. Uh, I don't know what, what, what would be the worst thing. You know, these fascists, <laughs> these fake fascists. Um, so I mean, you know, I, I like a little, you know, little issue, issue there. I think um, uh, sort of my, my development has has been, you know, very, very heavily centered on, um, you know, the individual and how important it is to judge people uh as individuals and i think uh from a first principle uh standpoint uh, as i you know as i understand them the idea of the non-aggression principle i think is a pretty uh is a pretty great rule to live by you know right. don't uh, don't don't initiate force and uh try to make sure that um you know all the uh Every, you know, every experience that you have or every relationship you have is, is one of voluntary exchange. And, yes. you know, how wonderful is that? And I, and I understand that, you know, that that could be a little bit uh, uh, Pollyannic and, you know, I'm wearing what they call rose-colored glasses and all that. But, um, I don't know, uh, as, I've, as I've gotten older, I've just been more uh, um, more attracted to, uh, you know, to that, to that idea. And, you know, I try to live my life that way. And, and likewise, but I find that as I even presented in a very nice way, like I'm not saying you have to read Rothbard and, and Mises and uh, read Economics in One Lesson, and uh, you just you know present it in an everyday way. Like you don't hit me, I don't hit you, I don't take your stuff, you don't take my stuff. If we want to do things together, we can. If we don't, all right. <clears throat> and you present that to people, and they're like, yeah, cool. And then as you get into actual political discussions, that principle we agreed to at first, and most people will agree to in everyday life, sort of goes out the window. Now, my experience has been one of, I'm always around conservative Republicans. I'd imagine it's a little different being in New York City. But we probably have the same experience of like, no, I'm, well, in my case, I'm like, no, I'm not like left wing. Well, I kind of am culturally, but I'm not. I'm not a Democrat. Where at, do you often find that people look, hear you, and assume you're a Republican in New York City? No, I don't think people uh, assume that that I'm a Republican. I think uh, being a libertarian, like we are, especially you know in a place like like New York, um, for one, we in real life we are weirdos, you know. So true. Yes. You know, so that's true. Um, so we are we are that, and I think it's it's a lot easier to kind of be like, ah, Lou, yes, I'm. 
he has some dopey ideas. Uh, but that's Lou, you know? Right. At least, uh, uh, and, I, and I like to think that I have enough relationships that have been built upon, you know, things that are, you know, outside of politics, you know, built upon, you know, being a, a good person to hang out with or someone you can trust or, um, you know, kindness and, and all that, that I, that I would hope that, uh, you know, barring, you know, some earth shattering, uh, reveal of, or something that, that, uh, our, my friendships can, can withstand that, you know, uh, can withstand like a political, uh, political disagreement. So, uh, that, that's kind of, uh, that, that's kind of where I am. I, I've had a pretty, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure other people, you know, have like war stories that they can tell, but, you know, for the most part, I've found that as I've been, you know, more outspoken and, uh, more true to who I am and what I believe and, in, in, uh, and being willing to talk about my, my opinions and have discussions and, and all that, that, uh, the better off I've been and the happier I've been. Um, so I can't, uh, I can't imagine going back to, uh, go you know, to a place where like, Oh, I don't know if I should really say how I feel about this thing, right. you know? So, and I think, uh, and, and there's something, there's something to that, that I think is uh, attractive, uh, uh, to others, you know, where it's like, Oh, well, I, I appreciate that so-and-so's, you know, being honest or, um, and whatnot. Well, absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, you went right where and it's part of what I um, I love about the comedy videos y'all put up on We the Internet, but I, I took the time and listened to y'all's latest live stream, your first live stream on We the Internet, and I encourage folks. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for uh, for doing that. It is great, man. Um, I listen to podcasts all the time when I'm not at work, mostly wrestling podcasts. So I, I need to stop doing. I get obsessed with things <laughs> and uh, right. listen to the live stream. And as I was listening to your chat and especially your perspective in particular, I've, I don't know if we've gone through the same exact journey, obviously not. But I about two years ago started to realize the personal isn't the political, the personal eclipses. It's more important than political stuff. So mm-hmm. instead of leading off a conversation all the time with politics or libertarian theory uh i'd now go yeah i like wrestling i i'm a big fan of prince we can talk about that i like to see oh, yeah. and bs with people about what if we want to talk utter nonsense for the you know rest of the hour we can't like that's i've put politics on the back burner um especially mm-hmm. with this show and when I went to FeeCon a, a couple months ago, it was honestly my first libertarian big conference. It was the first time I'd really talked to, like, true, you know, everybody's identifying as libertarian in a year or two. And I realized how much I had changed, especially when I met a younger guy who, you know, two minutes into meeting me, he goes, so have you read um, Murray Rothbard's For New Liberty? And I saw <laughs> my younger self, Lou. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, I've read it. Um, do you want to talk about something else since we both know this? And you've, I, I don't know, I've heard you talk a, a little bit about the comedy scene and your worry, especially, it, how is it different playing to a libertarian crowd in your case? Um, how, how is it different? I think, you know, I think in many ways, uh, in many ways it's, it's the same because when you're doing, when you're doing comedy, uh, at least from my standpoint, you know, you want to make sure that, that you're funny, that you're, um, you know, that you're crafting a joke, that you're giving a, um, an interesting perspective, uh, you know, that you're able to, 
uh, you know, find a punchline that people don't see coming, you know, necessarily. Um, you know, to, to your point about, you know, the kid kind of uh, cornering you and wanting to talk about that, uh, um, you know, on liberty with you. Um, there's something about, you know, conversations with libertarians that, ironically, they don't feel voluntary. <laughs> you know, you'd be, you'd be like, uh, you know, shoved in, into the corner at, uh, you know, metaphorical gunpoint to, you know, talk about, uh, you know, talk about this stuff. Um, so I think, I think some, I think, you know, I can understand if you're, if you're at a convention, uh, especially with, with younger right. kids uh, who are all coming together, because, you know what, I, I don't know where they're coming from. So they might actually be coming from a, you know, a place where they don't get to have these conversations right. in person. You know, maybe it's sort of that they can do it in like chat rooms and all that. And this is the first time they have like flesh and blood, you know, people who actually believe what they, uh, um, you know, believe what they believe. And, and that's uh, an exciting uh, point for them. Um, some, something about uh, performing for, for libertarians. And uh, I was never, when I did stand up comedy, I never really did uh, political stuff before. Hmm. Um, but as I started doing, more stuff with uh, with we the internet. I started doing like, kind of political bits in my in my stand up, and uh, and a lot of the stuff is me talking about you know libertarians and hey and you know making fun of libertarians. I like poking fun at myself and you know my people, if you will. Yes, uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of fun with that. I don't, I don't take I don't take my myself so seriously that uh, that I you know put up sacred cows, you know, and. Um, a while back, I think it was last year, uh, Cato Unbound had a um, an issue uh, dedicated to comedy. So um, Jeremy uh, McClellan uh, was one of the uh, people who uh, who wrote essays for it, as did uh, Nick Gillespie from Reason and uh, Michael Munger from uh, I think Michael Munger. I don't know if he's with Cato or something like that, and um, and, and me. So I was I was the the other guy, and and I wrote about um, my fear of basically my nightmare is I go up in front of a, an audience and I do my set and nobody's laughing, but everybody's clapping, mm. you know? Um, and that's, and that's a fear that I have because I don't want to go out there and just get applause. Like I agree with you or, uh, I don't know what they call it, like, clap pause or something <laughs> or some word like that. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm making people laugh, you know, and that they're, and that they're responding to me because I'm I'm hitting, uh, you know, hitting the funny bone, uh, as opposed to like, hey, that guy on stage agrees with me. Right. Um, but it is, you know, but it is a, it is a balance because I think uh, in, in speaking with Jeremy about it, and I think he, he wrote about it too. There has to be, you know, some point of commonality with your audience where you know where they are with you, um, and then um, you know they're willing to you know go along for the ride. Um, so. Finding that balance is, um, you know, is a, is a challenge uh, sometimes. If if what you're doing is, you know, political stuff, and um, and you run the risk of, you know, playing to the, you know, playing to the, to the room as opposed to, you know, you know, going for the funny or what or what you think, uh, um, what what you what you think or whatever your goal is, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I actually uh, I found that piece in, in Cato Unbound and. It's great. Um, I I worry that there's all these conversations going on too. Like, and you brought it up in your piece. What is the role of comedy under Trump? I really liked your response. Uh, <laughs> like something like, "What the f was it under Obama?" Then, right? 
It seems to me, well, what's the role of comedy? Well, it's to make people laugh. I don't know. Like, sometimes I, I, politics over, you know, makes it a little too complicated, and there's nothing wrong with being a political comedian. Um, some of my favorite comedians are political comedians like Louis Black, uh, though everybody has an off day. And it, it's the uh, comedy itself has uh, really started to fascinate me, like the process. Like, I've always enjoyed it, like a good stand-up or sketch comedy, uh, improv but I've started to, as I've done more radio, th- think about how does the process, what is it like for the people? And you don't just sit there and go, make me laugh, funny man. It's like, oh, no, that's it's a real person with all these anxieties, and that's going to be one of the toughest jobs in the world. And to that point, I remember thinking, you know, Lewis Black's one of the funniest guys ever. And he came here to Montgomery, to our theater, and uh, he just sat up there and read the newspaper and yelled and screamed. He didn't really have any jokes constructed. I'm like, well, did he really? Did he really read the newspaper? Yeah, he really had the newspaper. He and he, I think it was right after Trump is gets the nomination. So he was just confounded. Uh-huh. Which it was entertaining to see Lewis Black aggravated, <laughs> uh, no yeah, doubt. Which is kind of his, yeah, which is kind of his thing, yeah. But <laughs> you know, it, there there was uh, you could tell he was still working on his hour. Um, now I'm interested in the process that you go through with we the internet. I'd imagine, I mean, I think you've talked about how it's low-hanging fruit out there if you just search on social media, but what was kind of the general idea when we, the Internet, first started up, That what your approach would be? Um, well, I, I, um, I, I didn't start uh, we, the Internet, so I, I came on as a, uh, as a freelancer, oh. actually, and um, so I produced, I think it was five videos to start with, and... Um, um, you know those five videos are you know available uh, on uh, on YouTube and and Facebook. Uh, people can find them, and um, I think the you know the basic idea was to make a you know a political comedy channel that takes on all sides. You know that is you know sort of follows the equal opportunity offender uh, credo, as as you would see with you know for example like South Park is a does a really great job uh, with it, and um, so so I you know I've I've, I've really enjoyed that um, that aspect of it, and the the thing that I find is with our stuff is sort of like depending on which video of ours someone sees first from that one video, they'll make all these assumptions about where we where we fall and all these other uh, all these other issues. Um, so you know, there's like a whole lineup of. Like if someone calls us, like ah, oh, you know, you guys just you know stupid conservatives. It's like okay, in my head, I'm like okay, that person probably saw this video and this video and this video, and then immediately I start thinking of well, people who think that we're liberals, they probably saw this video, this video, and this video. So it, it, it's fun to um, to confuse people in in that way, um, where it's like oh man, I can't believe you guys are making fun of both sides, or, or um, I can't believe the same. You know, people who came out with uh, burglars for gun control came out with this other one making fun of people who open carry, you know? Right. Well, in this, so you hop into We the Internet, and I, I love it because I've shared a lot of y'all's videos, and I, I see that what you're talking about with the reaction from people who follow me and, and my audience uh, here on the radio, that there are certain ones that really play, and then there are other ones where they look at it and go, wait, where is this coming from? And it's um, right. it's weird to me that 
even like it's one thing to put out like a, a stand-up bit or a comedy internet kind of video sketch. It's another thing when it's just a funny moment, like a st stupid, silly human moment. Like the other day, Trump's walking up Air Force One. There's toilet paper or something on his foot. It's funny. <laughs> And I share it, and a few people react. Like some are like, "Oh, that dumbass, he's ruining the country." Others are saying, "Oh, there goes the media pointing out the unimportant things." I'm like, "Hey, shut up! It's just funny." And it's interesting how comedy becomes a bit of a Rorschach test in this day and age. Oh yeah, well, I, well, I find it. I, well, what I find really interesting too is, um, you know, it, it seems like so many people bring to what you've created there you know they they bring to it their own uh their own ideology and they project onto it often what's already in their head you know so they start seeing things that you're like i didn't i didn't mean that i don't know what you're i don't know what you're talking about um so that you know that could make for uh annoying discussions you know where people you know don't take what you actually made um and what they're responding to are these sort of, you know, delusions or these inventions about, you know, wondering, you know, wondering where you're coming from. Like, hey, if you make, if I, if, you know, when we make fun of Trump, it's like, oh, why? Because you guys are like Hillary supporters. <laughs> is that why? And it's like, no, because we thought this was a funny idea and we looked around and no one else did this idea. So we're like, oh, cool, let's make it and, and see what happens. Um, there, there aren't, you know, these, you know, evil, you know, sort of scheming. Yeah, we're going to test them or, you know, we're going to, we're part of the resistance or, or, or any other thing. Like we just want to make, um, we just want to make funny stuff that entertains and we hope gets people talking. And, you know, hopefully we could use comedy as a way to break down so many of the walls that have been built up around people that they're not willing to talk to each other, um, anymore. And it's, uh, um, you know the the divisiveness of, of politics is a is a real thing, and um, um, uh, unfortunately, you know I look around and see friends of mine that's just like man, it's uh, it's overtaking their lives. Well, I shared so. the uh, video about whataboutism, the what about guy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and I had a few. It reminded me of several people in my life, and I love them dearly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I like that it's you defend somebody because they're your guy. Um, I mean, then that's where I I listen to a lot of people and where they come from, and I've sort of checked myself again. Where I've I've even got tired of like libertarian back and forth on social media. It's just it's too much, and I, I want to get back to that in a second. I, like I, essentially, what I'm saying is I want to make fun of libertarians here in a second. But I, I, <laughs> I want the one main reason I invited you on tonight, Lou Perez. It's not to tell people that they should go subscribe to We the Internet on YouTube or Greg and Lou on YouTube within, you know, like the new Venom movie and that video you just made. Great stuff. But that's not why I brought you on. There's some video you made about two months ago. And, uh, okay. and you. Uh oh. <laughs> it, uh, was in my dreams. And one, I'm not, it's not a normal, it was a nightmare. Like, what the hell was the sheeple thing, man? <laughs> Oh yeah, do you want to do you want to tell, uh, tell your audience? Uh, could you describe what you saw in the uh, in the sheeple video, <sighs> it, folks? It was uh, well, it was a guy in whiteface, number one. Um, with it looked like a painted on, it, it looked like a half man, half sheep. 
Um, and then I saw outside of the video, I saw some post where it was just the man's head was a sheep, and then he looked like a regular man. <laughs> um, like, yeah. like uh, essentially, I'll let you describe the video actually because it freaked me out too much, man. You had hooves, everything, cloven hooves. Yeah, this it, it was. Um, uh, so we, we were. I was playing with the idea of uh, when you're online, and you know, often you'll hear the, either the word sheep being thrown around or people talking about the quote unquote sheeple, right. uh, those who you know blindly follow whatever you know, the mainstream says or whatever the official story is. And um, I just took it to a literal level and just thought, well, man, that would be pretty offensive to to an actual half-man, half-sheep person. Um, and there, and, and, and there uh, but for the grace of God, uh, Barry, the, uh, Barry Ramsey, uh, a literal sheeple, was born, and he had a message to... Uh, to the people out there using sheep and sheeple as a derogatory term. And he said, you know, no, like he does his own thinking and he subscribes to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. He enjoys alternative media. He tries to, you know, get all the information he can on the story before making his judgment. And sometimes he happens to agree with the official story. Um, he's willing to change his mind if you're willing to dis- have a discussion with him. Um, and, uh, it, it involved very heavy makeup. Uh, I don't actually look like a half man, half sheep. Oh, uh, seeing you holding there a dodgeball. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 Barry Ramsey. He's the captain of his dodgeball team. You know, obviously, he's not a follower if he's literally a leader. Um, right. And uh, yeah, and that, that was that was a, that was a lot of fun to, to shoot and and you know it gives it, it gives the opportunity to just uh, you know to just be goofy. And um, right. you you wouldn't believe just, or maybe you would believe just how many people are online, like on YouTube and Facebook, you know, having an argument with this video. Really? It's like, dude, yeah, it's like it's like they're, uh, they're you know, that they're still pushing like, like, oh, that's uh, you know, that's bull, you know, it's garbage, you know, some people, uh, they just need to wake up, and it's like, dude, you are arguing with a fictional character. A, a dude who has um, who has white hair all over his body and hooves, you know, like that's who you're arguing with. That's how you're spending your time, as opposed to just just embracing the silliness of it. Isn't there literally a line where you say, "My opinions on 9/11 have nothing to do with the fact that my father snuck into a barn one night or something like that"? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the uh, what was it like something like the. Uh, uh, yeah, nine eleven and my conception have nothing to do with one another. You know, so, so <laughs> let's just keep those two out. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess we could have um, we could have you know taken it further uh, with um, you know with the backstory. You know, I wonder. You know, Barry Ramsey is about thirty six years old now. I mean, that's a long time to you know go you know going through the world as a half man, half sheep, and who knows what stories he has from high school and and. Uh, Right. <laughs> and what have you? I mean, it's—I can't imagine being bull. It looks like he—you know—he filled out as he became, a, you know, a, more of an older man in his prime. But I can't imagine being a lanky kid in high school. Oh yeah, yeah. With those yeah. big well, he, he's, Yeah, he's definitely been doing uh, CrossFit. Um, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. uh, he's—he's he's limited on what he can do in CrossFit because he does have hooves. 
Mm. Um, but he also has determination, and that's what's really important. Well, I, I mean, and I imagine even with the hooves, you could still do like the the wall ball throws. Uh, that you know, he squat down, and imagine to, I, I don't know, maybe he has more power in his back legs, like uh, some minotaurs I've seen. I oh yeah, he could, and his balance is going to be great, right? Because uh, sheep are really good as far as um, you know, balancing, like walking, you know, through mountains and stuff like that. It is it is remarkable. You could probably consume anything. You, like you wouldn't even have to like our conversation off air. You like you know, if you're stranded, you could eat pretty much anything, and you'd be yeah. fine. Oh, totally, yeah, and, and that's probably probably uh, you know part of the reason why he bulked up you know so much later right. in life. Um, right, I learned yeah. that recently. I was working out too much. I wasn't consuming enough calories. Um, ah. So too much DDPY, and it's like oh no, I got to add some more carbs back into my diet. And DDP, what, DDP, why, what is that? DDP yoga. I'm a, I, this is bizarre for me. I grew up, and my favorite wrestler as a kid was Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. His yoga program, right? Yeah, it works, man. It, oh, yeah. That, that's incredible. But there's, um, there's that video I saw a couple of years ago of that. Um, it was a, a veteran. I don't know if he was a, a Marine or, or a veteran of the, of the U.S. Army. A paratrooper, but yeah. Yeah, he was basically crippled and was told he would never walk again or run. He would never run again. And, man, if if uh, no one's seen this video yet, if you guys want to cry, like just like a, like a good cry, uh, just watch this uh, transformation uh, video of this uh, of this man. Yeah, Diamond, Diamond Dallas Page is a uh, really interesting dude. I... I, I um, I, I stopped watching wrestling, I think, I think pretty early, so I'm not that familiar with that era of, uh, of wrestling, but uh, I watched the uh, documentary on Snake the Jake. Uh, <laughs> Snake the Jake. Jake the Snake Roberts. I watched the uh, Snake the Jake Roberts uh, yeah. documentary, and, um, and Diamond Dallas Page played a, played a huge role in, in, uh, in Jake the Snake's recovery, and seems just like a, just an amazing dude. It's a remarkable uh, story. I mean, and I stopped pretty... I was nine when I stopped watching wrestling, and then I moved in with the guys I'm living with now about two years ago. Like, eh, I have nostalgia play. Let's watch some uh, old, like, 90s Monday Night War stuff. And so we get into that. I now get into the recent stuff. And then I also start looking at, like, all these people performing, guys and girls, going... Oh God, Joey! You look. Why do you look like a father? Like the, this utter dad bod, and you're in pain. So I got all self conscious. Turns out, hey, Diamond Dallas Page got a workout program. All right, and uh, it works after a year or something of doing this. It's ridiculous. You lose a lot of weight, but then it's like I feel good again. I'm impressed, and uh, it is. Yeah, I should. I should definitely do it. Cause I, I should definitely do it because I, I uh, you know, for a long time I've been. I, I really need to work on my flexibility, um, and uh, I know yoga is just the you know perfect way, uh, perfect way to do it. And, he, and it's cool too because he's, I mean he's he's such a tough guy, and be, being able to open up this world to people who would otherwise, you know, not be in, you know, not be into it or shy away from it, think like, oh, yoga, blah blah, you know. I, that's a, you know, a, well, that's why a, a I fairy thing or something. Like that. I respect it in the sense yeah, that uh, I, I I don't. I don't knock, like, you know, traditional yoga, and if folks want to, you know, say namaste and all that, fine. But I that stuff annoys the hell out of me. Um, like, some of the New Age wisdom, like, old wisdom brought in New Age. If that's floats your boat, fine. But I just like a guy who's like, you can do it, brother. 
If you say you can, you say you can't, you're right. Henry Ford said that. Now do that damn pose. Like, okay, cool. I can I can handle that. Um, and it's, I don't know. Diamond Dial's page, it's bizarre that I'm even going on and talking about it this much. Um, no, no, that, that's really cool. My, uh, my wife, um, she teaches uh, Pilates, oh, wow. bar, and, um, and she's certified. She teaches yoga as well. And um, she's, um, you know, I think, I think, I think I'm kind of with you with the, when it comes to yoga, like the new agey stuff. And, and she, the way that she, she explained it to me is she's like, you don't, it's like you don't necessarily have to believe in the new agey stuff, but, but what those words do is they sort of set up these patterns in like, uh, in your, in your brain. Hmm. So, um, and it actually, I think like, it might actually help the process in the way of making things. Um, uh, well, well, man, I wish I knew like what, I, well, you know what the what the psychology would be, but you know, sort of like putting yourself in that in that state. So if you are, uh, you know, if you hear chakras or whatever, you know, right. you put yourself in a mind, in, you know, in a in a in a place where you are, um, you know, uh, alert or uh, you know more. <sighs> You know, more capable of, of sort of giving in to what your uh, what the process is, uh, needs of you um, at, at the time. I guess you know, I, it would be sort of like uh, a trigger word, but in a good way. Well, that makes know? sense. So, that, no, that really does. Is like okay, get into this headspace in order to then kind of put your body there, relax, forget everything else. And I'm I don't know. I'm just able to do that with a. Like six foot three, four guy going. You can do it, brother. But I will recommend if you if you take up your wife like on you know doing some more yoga or getting more flexibility. Uh, like my buddy, my one of my roommates does CrossFit, and I'm, I'm going to try to do both. I'm going to do one of his workouts. I'll get him to do one of mine. And uh, that's great. Yeah. If if you become more flexible, uh, just a pro tip. I don't know how much you drink or if you drink at all, but I was maybe I had eight beers, maybe eight. And uh, somebody there was impressed that I've been doing this for this long. She does traditional yoga. I was showing off how flexible I was right next to the pool. I didn't fall into the pool, but when I you know, went and grabbed my, under my feet or behind my legs, had head in between my knees, I picked my head up quickly. Head rush fell right on the concrete. And, you know, concrete next to a oh. pool needs traction. It's rough. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I think I was a little concussed. It's either the concussion or uh, lack of tobacco, too. I've been calling my listeners asshats and ding-dongs. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm having a tough time, Lou. And I'm happy that, that you're here. Yeah, well, I'm happy I'm happy to be here for you. Um, the last thing I want you to do is to, you know, fall on your head at some point during this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, don't drink. You know. Don't drink when you're doing yoga. Is the long Yeah, eight, yeah eight, I mean, eight of... Yeah, eight drinks is a is a, is a good amount. It's a definitely a good amount of drinks. I, last night I had a, uh, I shared a, a couple bottles of wine with uh, two other dudes, and um, nice. um, I was pretty I was pretty lit up, and I was. Uh, Man, I don't drink as much up. anymore. That's good. I think that's always the. Uh, I I, can't, I don't think I've ever met someone where I'm like, no, oh, you should drink more. <laughs> you know? I don't think I've ever given that advice to anybody. Right. Uh, well, yeah. and it's weird because, you know, I've actually blacked out before, and it makes me think of the Kavanaugh hearings, where I was like, I know he's trying to be a Supreme Court justice, and this is a very serious hearing about very serious issues, 
and not just the the theater of it or the political posturing, but like he should be very serious. But when one senator asked him, essentially, have you ever blacked out? The answer needed to be, Senator, I can't recall. It like please, Kavanaugh, say that. That would have been perfect. But no, no. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't I didn't follow that that whole uh, case as, as closely uh, as other people. Um, I felt like I. Uh, I might have been uh, like too emotionally, you know, attached to it. Yeah. Um, you know, from from hearing, I, th- I think a lot of it had to do with you know, hearing, you know, stories from from women in my life. Um, oh, and yeah. you know, I think that that might, you know, just sort of, I, I would have to like recuse myself from, um, you know, from really getting into uh, uh, into the, the the discussion. But I, I know from my own experience, um, well, drinking, you know, in my you know early twenties, like. There were times when I was drinking to excess where I did black out. I woke oh, yeah. up in the morning and I was freak, you know, freaked out because I was afraid that I'd, you know, done something terrible. I've been, you know, trying to run recon and, and talk with my buddies like, "Hey, did I did I do anything last night?" And I, you know, and and thankfully, you know, I, uh, you know, nothing, you know, crazy, crazy happened. But that was definitely a point in my life when I was when I said, "Look, I." You know, just can't do this. I don't. I don't want to be in that scary position anymore, where you lose control of what you're doing. You know, and that's and you know, blacking out or whatnot is no excuse for whatever. Oh. Um, whatever you've done. You know, it's not like that's not a way to to get a you know to get out of it. So it's much better to just not drink, <laughs> not drink that, or at least definitely not drink that much. Well, yeah, if you're um, prone to that, if you. If you oh, can't yeah. control yourself, definitely don't do that. And I've, you know, I've been there, and I mean, for a short period of my life, few years, I, I did it on purpose in the sense of I was not a happy person. Um, but you know, I, I sort of changed it. I know that feeling of you didn't actually do anything, but the next morning, you're like, how did I get here? Oh my God, who do I need to apologize to? That's just a horrible feeling to be walking around with, at least for a day or two, of yeah. losing your mind in that sense. Um, it's yeah. And, and- yeah, and then, you know, just, just, you know, thinking about it in, you know, in regards to, you know, alcohol compared to other other drugs that, that are out there, um, it is pretty incredible that, um, you know, I was able to go through that experience in my life with a legal drug and, you know, find the, you know, the wherewithal to, you know, take control of my life again and say, I'm not going to do that. And at no point did I need... Uh, you know, the criminal justice system to step in to make sure that I made the right choice, right. you know? Um, yeah. Whereas with, you know, I wish that, you know, I wish that that, that same that same thing could be said for, you know, other drugs that, that, that people consume, but, you know, they're doing it in a way where, you know, they don't uh, feel uh, free enough to, uh, you know, to talk about it or they're doing it, you know, sort of in the in the shadows. And, and if they want help, they're unable to, to get it because of, you know, fear of, of, of what might, you know, come, come to them. So. Well, and the, um, the stigma of it, and, you know, I, I right. heard just, it, when I brought up Kavanaugh, I heard in the tone of your voice, and I'm not going to pry, but I've also had people uh, confide in me, too. And when I watched those hearings, it, it was a little too much for me. And what I do is I'll, I'll, I'll play, like, the, the Rick side of my brain from the Rick and Morty show. Like, well, the hell with this. I'll be cynical and just make jokes and and whatever. But uh, when I watched those hearings, it did strike me. It reminded me of some people I know in my life who 
I've said this happened to me, and I I haven't told many people. Um, it's just it's real tough, and the same thing goes. And I'm talking about sexual assault, abuse, rape, but also people I know have been addicted to hard drugs, and they're trying to figure out what to do with their life. And there's they can't feel like they talk about it. Uh, they have to do it in hushed tones, or else the law will come down on them. Number one, or nobody will listen to them and kind of push them further into that dark corner. It's a terrible place to be. And I, maybe it's something to change with the laws, but also um, the culture at large, too. Very difficult. Very difficult. Well, I mean, I know that's a great note to, to start off on before you go and do a comedy show. So I'll be happy to help you there, Lou. I, I've definitely had to follow some tough acts uh, before, so this wouldn't be the, uh, wouldn't be the first time. But uh, <laughs> one, 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 one thing that I, that I definitely, uh, what, what struck me, about, you know, the Kavanaugh stuff was, you know, if there was ever a time where arguing on Facebook was not going to help anybody, it was definitely, um, you know, it was definitely having to do with this case because whether you were for, um, whether if you, you know, uh, supported, you know, Brett Kavanaugh or you, um, you know, uh, supported uh, Dr. Ford, um, I believe, I believe she's, a, she's a doctor. Yeah. If you supported Ford, you know, creeping onto somebody else's, uh, you know, thread and contradicting them in any manner was yeah. just not going to go over well. And I saw, you know, so many people's feeds just like blow up with, with this animosity. Oh. And, uh, and it was like, man, you guys are just putting yourself through something that, that you don't have to put yourself through. Um, that you know that these are these conversations are I believe much better had face to face you know or a group of friends or, or something like that. Um, but of course, I mean they are uh, you know I mean there were a lot of think pieces that came out that I think were important to read as well. well. And that I mean it, that is a good sense of perspective, it, and it brings me back to the uh, the personal aspect of things. Like you actually talk with your family and friends about these issues. I mean, unfortunately, I think some people find. Maybe their, I don't know. Maybe their dad or their mom. It's, they disagree politically. It's a shame to see relationships uh, broken by different political ideas. Um, unless somebody's actually an uber violent person, I don't really see. I, I think this is why I love your uh, your hate f idea. Um, that was genius. Let's just screw our way out of our disagreements. Um, but it, it's a matter of, of perspective and having. Uh, those personal discussions in a, in a sensitive uh, way. And um, I suppose here in just a second, I, I want to let you go, but folks, follow Lou and uh, the whole team there at We the Internet, uh, YouTube. Just go to YouTube, subscribe. You know how it works. If you don't know how it works, well, I can't help you, but go to We the Internet TV on YouTube. Uh, also, check out Greg and Lou. And uh, there are a few moments here, Lou, where um, we were talking over each other, and uh, I was feeling the tension. I was really feeling the tension. Um, so I'm glad we're not in the same room. I'm glad it's a phone interview, because it brings me back to the whole Googling thing. And, uh, well, and with the sheeple. It's, it's, a, it's a weird... Some weird things going through my mind. So I, I thank you, sir. <laughs> I thank you a lot. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, and folks, Lou, genius guy. 
And I wanted to talk, I didn't know how much you got into uh, Impractical Jokers. That show saved me some, like during the whole Kavanaugh thing when I just wanted to shut off the news. Um, but I guess we don't have time for that. you got to go to a show. I really appreciate it, man. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, one thing One thing I will say, um, I think in my top three of, like, shows that have made me laugh the hardest, Impractical Jokers is definitely in my top three. Um, those dudes are, are super hilarious. And, I'm, I'm, and it, it is really nice when, with all the stuff going on, that you're able to, you know, find something that's just pure enjoyment. Um, and... Uh, and, and that's fantastic. I love when people are able to just keep things separate. Like, hey, this is just for joy. This is just for fun. So that's exactly, nice. exactly. Well, that's that's what I I shoot for. Some nights we got serious tonight, man. But I, we if, did. If we ever get a chance to hang out in person, make video or and comedy or like a discussion video, to be clear, um, like I know you're a married man. Let, let's do it. I'd uh, love to have you back on the show anytime as well. So again, folks, Lou Perez, we the internet. Greg and Lou. Uh, Lou, I hope you have a good rest of the evening. Thanks. You too, man. Thanks so much, Joey. Later. And, uh, folks, we're going to hit a late break here. Hit a late break. Um, And coming up, let me tell you a little bit about where we're going the rest of the week. And we're going out to another Lou Perez. Uh, This is Bomb Bomb Boogie. Am I saying that correct? Bong bong boogie. Yeah. Be right back. Joey Clark. So, folks, I do run to comedy as a refuge. And I like that Lou and I were able to get into a freewheeling discussion um, beyond just, you know, our jobs in particular, our, our political ideology. Really, at the end of the day, it's about getting to know the person uh, before the politics. And especially, and this has helped me, and I'm looking in the mirror here, before you try to win an argument, especially with some stranger online, try to get to know them. Or at least try to make them laugh. And don't make, don't try to make an example out of somebody. Again, don't try to win. Because number one, you may be wrong on a particular issue. Or number two, even if you're right about something, you might be wrong to bring it up in that moment. There's no real benefit, in my opinion, to yelling and screaming at somebody Especially a stranger on the internet. Really, we're tearing ourselves apart in that regard. We want to blame politicians. We want to blame Facebook. We want to blame all these different media companies. The only people to blame are the ones in the mirror. So it's about actually getting to know people. Yes, we libertarians are a weird tribe. But so are the Democrats, so are the Republicans. Americans, human beings are weird, man. We're weird. But we also have redeeming qualities. We have redeeming qualities that can often make us laugh in the same breath as something that makes us cry. We are a strange bunch. And if you just have a little hope and you understand, as Kanye West said... 
let's not worry about the future, only the day that's here over and over and over again, the eternal reoccurring hero's journey, I think we'll all be better off for it. So thank you for those words today in the Oval Office, ye. Maybe one day I'll be saying President West. And thank you again to Lou Perez. Check out We the Internet on YouTube. I'll be back tomorrow night, folks. It's going to be Friday, so who the hell knows what I'm going to do. Joey Clark.